Experiment Nation, I have a special gift for you. If you're in the Airbnb space or if you're thinking of getting into the Airbnb space, you're an operator with multiple units, your first unit, your hundredth unit, just about to get into Airbnb, you are going to want to get this blueprint that I put together for you. Now, I want to give context of how this was put together because sometimes people assemble these uh, ideas and top 10 lists, top five, top this, and it doesn't have any true valued vetted content. What I've done is I've surrounded myself by the best top short-term rental Airbnb operators in the world. I co-authored a best-selling book with them called Hospitable Host. I've had them on my platform and interviewed them to get the questions that you guys want to learn the most from into the episode to show the real estate experiment, as you know. And I've also paid tens and thousands of dollars to be sitting in the room to get these notable insights that we implement ourselves as short-term rental operators. I'm a short-term rental specialist. I'm licensed to do it in their respective markets. You know, we build ours in Georgia. We have a management company ourselves. We're Airbnb super hosts. So we not only talk to talk, but we walk to walk, but we still consistently surround ourselves with the best in the space to get us further ahead. And this is what we've put together an Airbnb millionaire blueprint where you don't just hear it from me. You hear it and it's an aggregate list. It's 21 pillars from short-term rental operators worldwide who've implemented this and it's worked and this is the exact same way we've been able to get results and get the same results from implementing these insights that i've pulled from multiple faces right some people have tons of arbitrage units like tj tajani some like bill faith have just a few some like michael shogun has boutique hotels they've scaled and whether you have one unit 10 units or 100 unit or about to get into your first unit you're going to want to have this blueprint that you can utilize you universally wherever you are in the world want to get this i put together we took a lot of time to put this together this year after all that we've been implementing in our lab for you to have a guide that you can leverage right that you can use and and, and implement we've also given and tagged everybody that we've featured in and giving them credit so you know where the source is coming from and you can check out their instagram you can see that there are vetted individuals that we not only work with and trust but learn from because sometimes you get a lot of different information and i want to make sure i give that credit where you can find out that person and we've also if they've been on our show we've also linked the episode within this free blueprint it's the airbnb millionaire blueprint want to make sure you go to experiment realestate.com once you get there you'll see the pop-up that says i have something for you just scroll down enter your name enter your email and we'll get it right sent to you don't want to sleep on this we've been putting these together for quite some time and i know that it will serve you regardless of where you are in your journey to have an airbnb millionaire blueprint that has been collectively vetted and has been sourced from operators who are operating at a high scale experimentation you're welcome make sure to go to experimentrealestate.com and get your airbnb millionaire blueprint so that you can also scale to the level of experiment that these practitioners like ourselves have done just for you experimentation we'll see you on the other side Who's this? Oh, you're an entrepreneur? Oh, you're a real estate investor. Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it. Well, come into the lab then. Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad, 
and let's build y'all. Let's get into it, Tatiana. Welcome to the lab. What's happening? Nothing. I am excited to be here today, excited to chat with you and see what we really dive into here. I'm ready. (laughs) No, I'm ready. I'm ready. So (laughs) we were just talking about this offline, how you have such a cool story and you're such a cool person and you're trying to like play it off like i don't know if i can like do the audible thing i'm like no 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 you got the voice you got the good vibes you got the good energy i know this and i've connected with you just a few times now and obviously we collaborated on a project together recently called hospitable host you guys see it here if you're watching um uh, tatiana is a lovely co-author and what i love about tatiana is that um not only was it a story but it's uh your story um, and you shared your story and there was a lot of ups and downs and you um, you got very vulnerable, which I really appreciate. And I think that's uh, very authentic in this day and age uh, to do that. And I really wanted to salute you for that and commend you for that and tell you that your story was touching and was also very motivational. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, uh, definitely appreciate you on the air and give you your flowers. Um <laughs> And yeah, yeah, you're awesome. And and so I'm I'm really appreciative of having another Canadian in the lab. Are you Canadian? Like officially Canadian? Yeah. Like oh, you got, okay, born, cool. You know it. I don't know if I said that by the way. Like I'm Canadian too. Really I wasn't weird. born I wasn't born in Canada, but I'm have a Canadian citizenship. Amazing. Because I used to so I said yeah, I did say that before that. Like my brother went to UBC, and that's because we actually grew up in Ottawa. Um, well, Hamilton, Toronto, Ottawa. Then I left oh, wow. Ottawa, went to Boston. So yeah, I, I, I Canada is like the motherland for sure. Uh, and so that's cool. I don't know how you're living out there in the West BC. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's one of the most expensive places in North America. Yes, yes. Um, a, t- a title that I'm not proud of us for having <laughs> actually. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Right now, we're, I guess, like everyone is kind of waiting to see what happens. But on average, a one bedroom apartment downtown Vancouver almost runs a million dollars. It was over a million a couple years ago, um, or like at the beginning of 2020. But yeah, so roughly around the million. um, And I think rent, Usually on average, I think I just rented for a client, a one bedroom for a a tenant. I found a tenant for them and we rented a one bedroom, just newly renovated um, for $2,600. So it is steep out here. And that wasn't even like the highest you could get there. And it's like dog eat dog. Like people are fighting for places. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, I'm not any better. So right now, I think we're both. I think this is probably the most expensive rental real estate podcast we've had because you're in BC and I'm currently right now in New York City in Manhattan. Oh yeah, all right by the water. Um, you guys are living in shoe boxes for that much. Well, you got to pay to have this room. So I, I, you know, this it's funny because you used to live right in. uh, For those of you guys who know, so we live in Battery Park, and we actually used to live in a shoe box like two years ago and then the pandemic my captain were like nah chill uh <laughs> we need space what are you talking about i love you but you know i might not love you after this pandemic it was too close. And, and um yeah so it's just me and my wife and we just, we just got married this year so yes congrats. Um, thank you thank you thank you so uh for context 
that shoebox that was a studio that was 2600 and then what we're in now and so just you guys know experiment nation knows that like i'm based out of like where we, we live here in new york city but our short-term rentals are in atlanta georgia right yeah. um and we have we own properties on there too but so when i look at the value so here we're renting a one bedroom here it's like 4k right <laughs> right by the water like right in manhattan and then in Atlanta, we have like five threes, four threes, and and I'm a realtor in Atlanta, so I, could, I I see this all the time. We bought our the last four three we bought was for two hundred seventy five thousand dollars, and our overhead is uh twenty two thousand dollars. So insane? it's just like it's so hyper focused real estate. So that's why it's so important for you to like like know your numbers. Mm-hmm. because it's all relative like you can't just be like oh i got a one bedroom i'm like oh that's cool like how much you're getting like versus like oh i got a four three and like the southeast versus like if you go to california it's whole different things and you got taxes and you got all that stuff so yeah what a time to be alive it's insane and i am excited but both like very curious to see what's going to happen in the next year here when it yeah. comes to the market in real estate um but it's funny because I like it's I compare sometimes like real estate to like the grocery stores that you're shopping at, like the Trader Joe. You're in the Trader Joe's Whole Foods kind of district, yeah. you know, as the I guess Atlanta is going to be more of your normal. I don't know what grocery stores are Canadian other than those ones, but like I sorry, American. But for us, that would be considered like the save on foods, which is your normal Costco. average. Yeah, there you go. Your Costco. <laughs> um of stores is that specific district in Atlanta and it's so frustrating sometimes because you're like it's the same ideally well location's different but you're getting the same product yeah and (laughs) I'm a believer Tatiana I would rather and I always tell this to my wife because we're here because of her so I I could be anywhere I would rather live in a mansion like badass mansion in the middle of nowhere than live in a prime location in a shoebox that's me because i'm a lifestyle driven guy i want the hot tub i want the pool i want the (laughs) massage cinema right like why not no Uh, well i i I mean you're in vancouver so i don't know what team you're on you're probably on celine team you're on the bougie side I partially, I think some days you're like, okay, I want the space. And my fiance feels the same way. Like he's trying to move us into the suburbs with his friends that have babies and everything. I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm going to stay here a little bit longer. (laughs) Let me just soak it in a little bit longer. Um, That's that's my wife. Yeah. (laughs) I think right now with the industry and same thing, like you said, your wife, is you are there for reasons that your wife needs to be there. And I think it's the same thing for me, as long as my industry is mainly here and my interior design clients are mainly in the city. Um, then of course, this is where I'd like to be. However, that has been changing. I have been doing projects internationally and all. Oh over. yeah. I was going to say you so. are girl. All right, <laughs> it's my time now to roll out the red carpet. So let's level set for a hot minute here because you are a respectable, well-known interior designer and you operate in the short-term rental space as well now let me ask you because you said my clients and i know sometimes you can say that differently do you also have a license so for real estate no yeah. for, okay just you don't for okay. interior design yeah, yeah just my certifications for interior design 
um, is what I have, but not for real estate. I have actually been toying with getting my builder's license uh, to do new builds, but ain't that you can always use. I, my father has one um, yeah. and some of the contractors. So you can kind of always use the other person's, um, but I don't know, maybe an accomplishment down the road that I'd like to have. So help us connect the dots, Tatiana, because from what I know and from what most might know is that you have the interior designing uh, background, which has mm -hmm. also obviously helped you break into the short-term rental space, which is a huge asset because one of the things we talk about the most, if not the most important after we the location part that we just talked about <laughs> is how you finish relative to the marketplace. And, you know, people will pay you serious bucks and rightfully so because the ROI that you get from designing a property the right way, right? I'm trying to put you on here, but this is real, real talk. I'm not just, you know, uh, blowing smoke in your ears here. It's, it's, it's a real thing. Like you, you finish well and people will book more often. So tell us about that. Was that always your background or was there something else? Cause I know you talk about it a little bit in the book of you were trying to kind of find that next thing for yourself and you took some time off, but what was the background of Tatiana before you built this empire? So originally I went to school for marketing and graphic design. Nice. Um, that has definitely rolled over and like helped me in the industry that I'm in now. But initially when I got started before I even had my design certification, um, I actually, there was a developer that needed some help and a friend put me in touch with him and he was furnishing properties for clients um, that he would do renovations and new builds for. And they needed some help and gave me the opportunity to give it a shot. So I said, what the heck, let me try this. I love interior design. I think um, it's not that much different from graphic design in some aspects. So I furnished this client's home. I think it was a four bedroom, three bath. And it's actually a couple blocks from where I live now, which is amazing. But nice. they, I furnished the property for a short-term rental. At that time, I had no idea really anything about short-term rentals um, other than, you know, like I stayed in a couple of Airbnbs myself. I didn't know on the business side. So it really was a learning curve and I got to furnish it and get it all ready the clients fell in love with the design and the developer was very happy. So from there, he was like, okay, I'm going to hire you on contract and you keep doing them as they come. Um, he specialized actually in what we call as laneway houses, um, which are in place of a, it's like a garage conversion. Um, so now some people will call them tiny homes and such, um, but they're obviously staying put. They're not ones that you can move. Um, and with that, I got to not only completely design what the property would look like so from the tile, the flooring, the paint, um, you name it. I also got to furnish that property. And from there, because I was working with such a small space, I got to really learn how to be unique when it comes to functionality mm. and st storage solutions. So that was something that was, you know, difficult at first, but fun to really kind of think, to accept the challenge and figure yeah. out a solution for it. So from there, 
he was doing property management for all these owners. So once I got a taste of that and it was all done, I said, you know, I want to work with you full time, but I want to learn everything from you. And once I, so you become my mentor and I'll work for you and, and I'll help you get your business situated and organized. And once I learn everything, then we'll part ways at that time. Right. Um, yeah. So that's so good. That's so, uh, by the way, like that is, that's the model. Like that is the blueprint you learn as you're getting paid. Like you go into, I heard someone say this, um, I think it was like yesterday. It was like, um, it was like, I don't know if you know my first million, I think it's Sean and, uh, Sam Parr. And he was saying they don't, they don't job search, they job hunt. And like they've built startups and they're mega successful now. But it was interesting because the difference is uh, job hunting is like, hey, this is what I want to do. At least I think I'm interested in it. Let me go deep, right? Let me add value. Let me be in the environment. Let me rub shoulders. Let me live. Let, let me smell, touch, feel like like exactly what this is. And then, you know, if you can manage to then over deliver, which you can by commitment, which you did. And then you're also rubbing shoulders with the person and then you get to absorb a lot. And then that is the springboard to your, like, you know, people always talk about like, Oh, like, like be your own boss. Yeah. After you have experience, there's nothing like being a boss that has no clients. Right. So it's kind of like, <laughs> that's not being a boss. So I love, I love that you did that. Was that, so hold on. Was that intentional or like, can you remind me who this gentleman was again, connected to you? Who was he? Um, so a good friend of mine introduced me to him. He was a developer um, and owned a construction company at the time. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. What's the experience like, just so we understand, like when you first did the uh, interior design project, what is it like? Here's your budget. Go play with it. Show me something and I'll approve it. Oh, here's what I'm thinking. How can we work together? Like, give us the idea because someone might be like, okay, I really want to work with someone like Tatiana, but like I'm a little overwhelmed or like I'm probably need to do the heavy lifting or I'm planning to come up with a budget or like there's all these ideas of or maybe fear or even just the unknown that we don't know of. so how can you help us warm us up so how, do, how, do, how do we work with someone like you <laughs> two things so back then it was very on the seat of our pants kind yeah. of situation right and figuring it out as we go like of course we had a budget of what we think that that would be affordable and of course back then you know, I'm going on almost eight, this is my eighth year in the industry. So back then things, thank you, were a lot more affordable than they are oh my gosh. this year. Um, but you're so, going to hook us up with that. This, the yeah. times are hard now. Things are shifting a little bit. You're going to give us a little hack for that. I'll give you two things on that one. But um, so back then I, I have always been very blessed and lucky that the people that I work with don't stifle my creativity and they allow me mm. to run with that. Um, one of the things that I'm really big on is the clients that I work with, no matter the project in some way or form, I like to make sure that the project is a true reflection of them. Mm. Um, so that could be, you know, anything from the color, their favorite color that they like incorporated in the space or any kind of like personal items that they have carried with them for years um, and kind of including that or a type of, you know, style that they always wish that they had. And this is finally their time to be able to invest in that. Because one of the things that I think 
is so amazing about what I do and so valuable is this is one of the largest investments that that person, that homeowner um, or that investor is most likely going to do in their lives, at least one of them. Mm. Um, so I really take that opportunity so serious in being able to actually develop something that they love and that is going to give them the proper ROI that they're looking for. So yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. No, this is good. I'm like, my mind's racing a little bit as you're saying this, because you're, you're saying you're really giving us some good insight. So is it as, as I'm thinking of this vision, as I'm going to make this big investment, and I know you're, you're probably getting there just for the interest of dialogue. Is it that I'm thinking, Hey, listen, I have 10 K and you say, no, 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 it's actually going to be 15 K or like, what does that conversation look like? Or is it like, okay, like, tell me about your style. Let's talk about like what your, your goal is like, what comes first? Does the money come first? Does the idea come first? Is it a little bit of both? Um, how, how do you operate? So we know at the end of the day that every owner or someone who's in, that's going to go down the road of a renovation or setting up a short-term rental, like everyone has a number in their head of what they want to spend. No matter what, if you don't actually know, I know, you know, like someone has a number in there somewhere. Um, so my job is to kind of bring dis discuss that number and then bring it up if it's realistic or not. And with that, of course, things have changed in 2022 um, and things are more expensive than they used to be. Of course, when, you know, a couple of years ago when you were getting started, people were able to, especially if they were doing just Ikea, you were able to furnish, you know, apartments for under five grand if you wanted to <laughs> realistically. But now that is not the situation whatsoever. Um, in this industry, if you are wanting to stand out and be a part, you know, kind of leave the competition in the dust, you have to be unique um, and have quality pieces in your property. Mm -hmm. So with that, properties like, for example, a two bedroom may cost now closer to the fifteen to $20,000 mark for turnkey versus, you know, doing it all in for under 10K when you were mixing it with um, lower quality pieces. So that's something that we try to bring to mind. And a lot of people, when you're talking those types of numbers, they don't realize, they just think, okay, 20,000 for a bed and TV and things there, they think that's a lot. But then in that you're not accounting for all the linens, all the double sets of linens, your lock, your minute noise monitor, every single spoon and fork and dish that you're going to use, like all these small pieces, the yeah. coat hangers, the toilet scrubbers, like all of that stuff is what we lump in to that number. So when you start breaking it down that way, then it goes, oh, okay, that's not that much. And that's that makes a lot more sense for those expenses. Um, and these are expenses that when I quote that price, that's mid to high level. So you're not only getting um, unique and beautiful pieces, you get to reap the rewards of my designer discounts. So you're getting things like West Elm, CB2, mm -hmm. Article, all those items that would probably cost you way more than that, but you're getting it at a fraction of the cost because I pass over that discount to my clients. Yeah. You know, when I'm, as you're speaking, I'm thinking like, what's really cool about 
what I really appreciate hearing from you is like because you're in the short-term rental space, your design is also very functional, right? <laughs> it's not just like, hey, this is going to look great for pictures. And then you sit on it and it's like uncomfortable. And it's like, wait, what? And then it breaks, right? So in in your eyes, is that a, a, a transition that you had to make or were you always in, because again, you were working with the property manager as well. So when you were designing, was it always from a place of, this needs to last and it's not just the aesthetics, which again, gave you that, that touch or that, I shouldn't call it touch. It's a skill that you've developed to source products that can last. And if that's the case, uh, which ones should we stay away from and which ones should we, you know, double of down course. on? So when I first started, there were always things from the property manager side being told to me, like, make sure it's dark fabrics, make sure it's durable. Mm. Um, don't like to the point where it was almost like too much on some things where I was like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. Like don't have glass on the picture frames, like things like that, oh. where I'm like, okay, we can, this is a little, now we're getting into like a bubble of things. But, um, so I think take, like be aware of certain items. A lot of people will go with darker fabrics. You always want to make sure that you have, if you are going to do a custom sofa from like living spaces or stylus or one of these companies, um, or at least purchase from a company, make sure that you read up on the fabric material to ensure that it is something that's durable and can be cleaned. That's always something that I would suggest is a big one to look out for. What am I um, looking for, Tatiana, on those tags? Like, what am I looking for? So it's it depends on the product, but there's certain grades. It, there's so many options, so it's hard for me to say. But there's certain grades um, that basically, if the grade level is at a certain number, then mm. it will be more durable than others. That's one thing. Of course, you're not like... If you're going to do suede or anything like that, make sure that you have the proper cleaners for that. Make sure it's not bright white um, because that won't last very long unless you have a team that is prepared to take care of that. So that's one of the things that I always recommend, especially because like, don't that, that I'm not saying don't take risks and don't like do things if it's for the aesthetic. Like, for example, one of my properties, I have like a light beige couch in one of them. Never, and I'm gonna knock on wood for this. Have I, <laughs> have I ever had to deal with a stain on the sofa? And if we, and that is because we chose a durable fabric, but I'll text you by the way if we both jinxed ourselves. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that is on top of that. I make sure that I have an upholstery cleaner, a part of my team. Um, so in case something does happen, I'm able to call them and say, hey, we need you to work this miracle right now and get the stain out of the couch. And an upholstery uh, cleaner. I don't even think I've heard of that before. Yeah. So there's people that they usually they run in the same circles or same businesses like carpet cleaners, um, mm. but they will have um, they do all upholstery will rip your beds apart and do your beds, the sofas, you name it, whatever has fabric on it, they can clean it. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. So interior design. So actually I got to ask you this before, cause I know that I have you here. I must ask, cause you <laughs> know, design and function. What is your take on linens for beds? Is it like, you know, the one we see behind you, like, is it for durability? Do you go white or do you not? 
So I always go white, except sometimes, so when it comes to the sheets, pillowcases, um, so fitted and flat sheets, and usually for the most part, the duvets, I will go white unless I want to do a more decorative duvet. Um, regardless, that duvet has to have um, at least two sets with it so they can be swapped out in case. Um, but with that, for the most part, I go white. The reason I do that is because I have partnerships with hotel wholesalers. Um, so they actually distribute the sheets in my properties are the same ones that you're finding in like the Fairmont. Respect. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. And um, as far as um, the the cleaning team or the part, do you, do you outsource the the linen cleaning to a special cleaning team or is it in-house or how do you deal with that? So to, I do both ways, um, but usually my cleaners that are with the properties are actually, when I hire them, they're very um, intertwined in the business. So, and I always make sure that I have more than one, of course, just in case. Um, but when they're being hired, they know that, okay, these are the certain requirements that I'm looking to be fulfilled. Um, sometimes that is not only on top of cleaning, it is maybe going out to replenish items in case one of our runners can't do it. Um, um, or if we can't have it delivered to the property on time. Uh, and then the other thing is sometimes depending on um, depending on which unit it is and how many there are, um, mm -hmm. they will either drop the cleaning off at a dry cleaners um, to have it ready for pickup next day or during the next turnover, or they will do the turnover, like the cleanings for the linens while they're turning over the property. So those are ready for the next time that they come back. Yeah. Smooth, smooth. Love that. So going into, I'm just, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking like, this is so cool. Cause we've been talking about just interior design this whole time. And then there's this whole other side of the industry, which you've obviously have your hands in as well. Tell us about your business model um, as far and, and how you got into um, the short-term rental, AKA Airbnb space. Um, how is it today for you? Are you, um, owning are you co-managing are you co-hosting what does that look like for you today um both so actually all three we do um i own a why am i not surprised yeah. overachiever <laughs> we do, yeah we do rental arbitrage and then we also do co-hosting um originally how i got started um and this is also in my chapter um is that i actually rented my spare bedroom out in the basement suite i was living at the time which ended up co covering 90 percent of my rent um so that was amazing and that's kind of when it's piqued my interest that this was something that i enjoyed doing and then from there i actually unknowingly got into rental arbitrage um because there was a developer that was waiting for a permit and as he was waiting for that permit because i know in vancouver it's almost like a year to get a permit um oh. to tear down and build new so with that i was like hey i s noticed that people are breaking into your house and because it's empty i would love to rent it from you for the time that it's going to be empty and as soon as you get your permits we'll pack up and be out of your hair um so i negotiated a very nice um amount of rent from him um and then from there 
we for that house we definitely put lipstick on a pig for that one um and made it the best that we could because the house was very old um so I like to say I made it the bohemian style which is a little bit easier to get away with um older things or anything like that in the space and not having it all brand new yeah with that, um, from my tra- previous travels in Europe, I actually fell in love with hostels and kind of how the whole community sharing aspect around it. So this house had seven bedrooms and I built, I got my business license from the city for sh- renting it as a short-term rental and went away with renting out every single one of the rooms and then the living room as private rooms and the living room, bathrooms and kitchen were the shared communal spaces. And that that house turned out amazing. This is one, like one thing I can tell you guys, if you have a spare bedroom or if you are still living in your property, like don't sleep on private room rentals. That, mm. Like honestly, there is a lot of income to be made for private rooms and that house was booked out all the time can you because i feel like at that point you're almost like creating like a culture underneath the roof so how do you do that and before i go there actually let me pause that question real quick um because we're gonna get right back to that i just for context that building that you arbitrage with the builder i know you didn't go too deep into it but would you mind just sharing with the with experiment nation um like what that deal looked like i think it'll be helpful for for someone who's listening it was like well like how did you pitch and like what was so, the overhead and like what was like the amount of co- occupancy and cash flow yeah i think always like if you're deal if you're pitching someone know mm-hmm. what is what's the value add for them um and what pain points are you solving so that's something that was really important like for him the pain points i'm solving is there's no homeless people breaking into his property anymore ripping open the walls and like stealing the copper or anything like that like i am solving that and i'm also giving him a little bit of income on the side while he waits for his permits because at this point even though they purchased the property, they're bleeding, he's bleeding. Cash yeah, yeah, he's bleeding. until they get to build. And so with that, um, realistically, I should have been able to rent that property for like, if I was renting that property, even as is, which was a dumpster fire, um, it would have been cost probably about $5,000 a month for that many rooms. And I was paying 2000. Wait, how many rooms do you get? Seven dang yeah <laughs> so you really have you could even be vacant for almost like half of that and you could pray oh a hundred percent and that was so like at the beginning this was a huge risk and i do have to thank the developer that i was working with at the time who put me in connection with that um yeah. and basically with there i was I didn't have any extra money saved up. I've never, I'm one that I don't really take loans if I don't need them is one of my big things. Except Um, when you have like a seven unit. Yeah, except (laughs) when you have a mortgage. But like that's, but like I'm not taking, I don't usually take out loans for like anything else. Never took a student loan, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But the, with that, I took the risk and I put everything on my credit card. And I could tell you right then, back then, 
I was not a risk taker. Like this would have kept me up all night long every night. Um, just the anxiety of like owing that kind of money. Um, You're saying back back then or now? Back then. Now I can take more risk. So <laughs> what 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 give you that push? I think that's important for someone who's listening. Who's like, who you Honestly, know? Honestly, realizing so like it wasn't going through the trenches and like actually kind of facing those things and realizing that things are going to be okay. Like at the end of the day, like for the years of, of like what I've learned and the trial and errors, definitely I've made some mistakes along the way. Um, and I've learned from certain situations, but at the end of the day, even though it was hard in that moment, and maybe I was crying myself to sleep in that moment. (laughs) Um, I have been through a lot and nothing is ever going to be as hard as what I went through, which I talk about in my book um, with the loss of my mother. And so anything from there, I kind of like a switch flipped and I realized that anything's a cakewalk from that. Um, What a a beautiful mindset to have. Good for you. I can really applaud you for that. Um, It's, it's, um, it's crazy because that, um, sometimes um, that's what triggers it, right? When your back's against the wall or when you go through a traumatic experience or a tragedy like yourself, um, which is it's which is interesting about like the mind and how it works, right? Um, and and it, and how you shift, like how you have a paradigm shift. And, you know, I think part of why we have this show is, you know, hopefully, you know, someone doesn't have to go through the tragedy you went through um, but again, I, I would say if, uh, there's you made a lot of positives from it, um, but maybe someone can listen to that and be like, you know, what am, what is my excuse? Like, why am I stopping myself? What is that, you know, limiting limitation that I have? I don't know if you would want to add to that. I see Completely. There, but... Well, one of the things that I would say and like I've probably anytime things have gotten really hard or like really difficult or that I was like, I we're going into the unknown. I don't know how to handle this. I always go back to, and it could be God, the universe, whatever you believe in, like the universe does not give you what you cannot handle. And if it was like, of course, I've gone through some huge, you know, things, obstacles in my life. And I'm, I know that there are millions of people out there that have their own set of obstacles that they have to work through. But, um, you know, with that, I would not change a lot of things in my life um because I wouldn't be the person I am today and I wouldn't have become as resilient as I am today and I think um one of the I guess like more on a lighter note things that I say is there is no other business that I at least can think of that teaches you to be as resilient as being in short-term rentals um, as well as I like to say it's like that toxic relationship you keep going back for <laughs> that's so funny no, that's 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 such an interesting way to put it so, it's true though it's a love there's there's definitely a lot of love hate layers within this business hate. um hospitality there you go you're from your hospitable host <laughs> yeah Kinda, no but i love yeah. it and i wouldn't trade yeah. it for anything but it does test you at times oh no it does it does test your patience tests your integrity everything you're like hold on there's no <laughs> way there's no way they just said that i'm about to what do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you deal with it every day so um going back to the uh kind of the hostile inspiration 
building a culture underneath the roof that's something we've never talked about here on the show um we've had maybe some uh, investors talk about some boutique hotels lately but this is you're building kind of you said something key which i think is going to be a bar from the show it's literally do not sleep on private private room spaces yeah that's that's insane so you're able to okay so what are the biggest misconceptions and i got like a hundred i can think of that you think is completely well it's a misconception for a reason so the it's a it's a misconception that you think needs to be debunked right now when it comes to these private places people think that if they live in them and are renting at the side the first rooms i think the biggest concern people have is like i'm am i safe and there is so many different things that you can do and like i don't know if anyone who's listening knows much about like but before even airbnb or like i don't know the actual time frames of when they started as a company there was a business and there still is called couch surfing have you heard of couch surfing of course it's yeah. crazy when you put things to perspective because i remember on that note like when i was young and we grew up i didn't talk about this we were talking about offline like i grew up in canada but also i grew up in france too and i remember like people were just out here with their thumbs like hey i need a ride and you'd be like oh yeah like which way are you going roll down your window oh come in like i got you and like it's crazy when you think about like the human experience and the different times that we've gone through like people are like oh can you imagine like this in an app where you could just call a random person's car and it comes pick you up in front of your house and like <laughs> drops you off like a random per- can you imagine like staying in a random person's home so i think if you just go back into history like yeah i, I think for them there's always going to be a small percentage of you know psychotic human beings etc but for the most part like your human beings are good people right and and so with that that's how we can be in the space because if you really think about it you're like hold on you own this house and you have random people come into your house who you screen but like you know like (laughs) like come on it could go either way and yeah that's the business that we're in and yeah most of the time nothing wrong happens so now when you put that into perspective and you kind of like okay i take ubers i stay in airbnbs like i have conversations with strangers all the time my wife is like ruben like just like like i'm always (laughs) you're saying from what i'm hearing it's like it's very similar to what we're doing today it's like it's not that bad but i'm curious to hear like if you want to give someone peace of mind like what are some things that could be like make me realize oh you're right. It's not that bad. Like, is it like security locks? Is it this kind of questions that you ask? Is it maybe, I don't know if it's a thing. Can you do female only places versus male only? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just thinking out loud here. What are some things that might help experiment nation here? You can definitely. So like, obviously, for example, under Airbnb, they have their discrimination rules. So yeah, actually, can't you can't really set that, it right? on there. Um, but I was thinking for a female, by the way, because I'm thinking I'm looking out for my sisters, my lady, looking out for Tatiana, like, you know, who, who, you know, if you wanted that peace of mind, but okay, I'm curious, what do you, what do you got for us as far as layers of protection? So yes, definitely security. One of the things that I always say is anyone that is going the private room rental. And if they do live in their space is ensuring that they have a secure lock on their door, um, as well as the guests. Um, so that is a big one. Of course, if there's any like personal items of yours that are like, this is a family heirloom and I would never want it to go missing. Um, you know, keep those things safe. Um, which is just the normal kind of like stuff that you would 
already kind of think of doing. Um, However, never in the years that I did it, um, did I have any issues? Did anyone take anything? Um, Mm. Of course, their their IDs are verified on Airbnb, but we know that's kind of like, it is what it is, but make sure you're asking the proper questions to screen your guests. What is bringing you into town? Why are you here? Um, how long's your stay? You know, things like that is what you want to really find out because then at least if it does seem shady to you, you can kind mm-hmm. of pick up on it right away. Um, and then just ensuring that you have proper house rules, not too many of them. Um, but enough to state like, okay, these are the respectable boundaries of the space. This is when quiet hours are and um, whatever else you really need. The smart locks and tech are always going to be your best friend, ensuring you have security cameras on the exterior of the home. And that of course, that you are sharing where those locations are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the security locks, it's always good. So here, if you're doing a private room rental, I do not suggest having like the old fashioned key and lockbox. Um, that is not a safe route to go. I think for anybody in the short-term rental industry, um, I think most people need to be upgrading their locks to smart locks where you can have temporary access and change the codes when needed. Um, other than that, it's, you know, ensuring that you have proper short-term rental insurance for your space. You can get that for um, private room rentals as well. And that is just insuring your items in your home for any damage or if anything goes missing. What do you use in Canada, by the way? Shout out to our Canadians. What do you use? Because I know here it's all proper, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, there's actually, so BCAA has short-term mm-hmm. rental insurance. There's one called square one. Um, nice. and then there's a couple of just like private companies that do it, but those are the main ones that we use. Um, you almost like, held out on my Canadians. We gotta, you gotta, I know, sorry. <laughs> hold it down. Come on. It's global <laughs> over here. BCA square. Yeah, that's cool. And, and check, honestly, like check with your home insurance provider now, mm-hmm. because more than ever, they have woken up to the situation and they have been adding it to their programs. That's awesome. That's really cool. What, what, what is keeping you super excited about the space and what is keeping you a little bit like, okay, let's, let's give her, let's, 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 let's keep an eye on this about short-term rentals completely Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i think i'm always if anything i'm more excited in this space to see how we've grown because i've always said like design and guest experience first um and everything else forward so i'm big on like for example my last property that i furnished of my own i spent more than most people would probably spend on their initial investment um but to me, that's what mattered. And that was going to, what was going to make a difference. I ended up making that investment back within the first, um, two to three months. Um, so that made sense to me. However, to other people that wouldn't, one of the things that I would say is like, I know you have to run on your numbers and have a bottom line on what makes sense. And of course do that hundred percent, but don't cheap out or, you know, neglect certain things because you don't want to spend the money. Um, A lot of people will, for example, if it's a special guest experience, an experience for a guest, 
um, you know, I like to go above and beyond. If I know it's the guest's birthday or if they have a gluten allergy, I will make sure that our team puts gluten, gluten-free treats in the property or that there is a birthday card or something unique that makes- How are you finding this out? Um, usually they, the guests, when we ask and we're screening the guests on what brings them to town, um, they usually let us know. And we like to ask if there's any allergies that we should be aware of. Oh, smooth. That's what I was to say. I'm like, golly, birthdays yeah. and gluten-free. You guys got something going on there. Yeah. Um, well, you want to make sure that, you know, you are catering to your guests. However, like I said, run the numbers on that because there are people that don't see the value in doing welcome baskets or, you know, anything unique. But at the end of the day, that is what is going to set you apart from your competition. Yeah. It's the little things in this, in this industry. And and speaking of little things, I I can't have you in the lab here and and not ask you these questions. Experimentation is literally going to be like, how could you not have asked? (laughs) Um, What, what is like, when you think of, capturing attention when you think of not overlooking these things what are a couple pieces within whether it's a bedroom whether it's a kitchen maybe we can go by by space i would love to if you got we'll do a real real fire round real quick what's a must in a bedroom must in a living room must in a kitchen that are like you know trending for you and and i want to tread lightly when i say trending because that may not be the best for properties but i I mean it in a sense of like what's maybe going to appeal in an evergreen appeal Mm -hmm. i don't know you're here i'm feeling a little self-conscious because i got you you're the expert here so i gotta tread lightly usually i'll be like i can talk like this very openly and (laughs) you are the expert here so keep me honest like what should i be am i even asking the right question tatiana yeah yeah no so my signature i guess for each property is timeless i timeless that's the word i want people thinking about like of course you can do fun wallpaper or, you know, something unique in the space, but no matter what you do, make sure that it's timeless. Make sure that, okay. You know, like back then people were doing pink marble uh, from floor to ceiling in their bathrooms. It's not always going to be timeless. Um, so that's something that I always ask my clients and the people that I work with. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Are you what? Are you still going to like this 10 years from now? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so sorry to cut you off. I was thinking as you're saying that, what is something that you feel um, is not is is timeless for for our listeners? So you always want to choose like clean. So, for example, when going back to how we were talking about the linens, white Mm -hmm crisp linens are always going to be timeless. They've been timeless in hotels for centuries. So that is something that I do like to do. However, I become more playful when it comes to throw blankets, decorative pillows, things like that to really tie the space. Um, When you are doing, so I guess if we're going to go like room by room, I always kind of consider functionality in Mm. the space as well. So, you know, is the layout of the space like of course you can have fun with things like a swinging chair or anything like that but let's make sure that okay either the decorative pillows on the swinging chair are not too loud mix in with the space um and when i say loud i mean like colorful and in your face um 
Or is that something that you can swap out seasonally? Do you have extras of those that are more neutral tones, things like that, that can play with the space? Because a lot of the time when someone walks into a space, you want maybe one or two feature items Mm. in the property. So for example, if someone had this big, beautiful, like floor to ceiling fireplace with beautiful tile or anything like that, that is a feature of that space. So with that, you don't want to have, okay, that a swinging chair, um, this like crazy, maybe a bench, two poofs, like all these things are too much going on. Um, and like unique artwork, let's throw in that. That's a lot. And that's a lot for someone to come into a space and be like, wow, 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 wow. Like all over the place. Right. You think that's overwhelming? It can be overwhelming a hundred percent. So unless your style is eclectic, if you're doing an eclectic style, that is what, you know, a space is really made up of. If that is the design style you're going for. However, when it's a short-term rental, I always like to say, you know, do timeless pieces, but for your features, less is more. And that's what I like people to focus on. Um, So for example, in one of my favorite properties of my own, the peach, as soon as you walk into the space, there is this big, beautiful, like candelabra chandelier. And that is what I want is the wow of the space. Of course, everything else in the property is still elegant and beautiful and clean, but that's the first thing your eyes are going to go to in the room. And that's what I want people to have as a talking point. Then anything after the space is kind of like, oh, this is cool. This is really nice. They've thought of everything. Um, And then same thing for the bedrooms. Each bedroom, I actually like to have it designed as its own characteristic. So the master bedroom has its own little vibe. The secondary bedroom, let's, for example, um, going with the peach as well. One of the bedrooms has two twins um, and it's unique in that space as it has the two twins. It has the poofs um, and it's more bright and airy in that space. Um, in the other set, like bedroom that we have, that's a spare, that one has a queen bed and that one is still elegant, but it's more fun because it has a neon sign above the bed that says life's a peach. So it's oh. branded to the property. Um, and then in the master, the master, your unique selling point for that specific area in the home doesn't always need to be like some piece of furniture or some wild piece of art. The master, I already knew that its feature was that it is the only room that has a private patio off of, um, off of the room itself. So that one has, you know, when people are going to stay in there that they not only feel like the master because they're in a king, a comfortable king bed, it's beautifully decorated with um, very nice decorative pillows. Um, it has its own seating. It has a flat screen TV with Apple TV connected to it. And then it has its private patio where you can sit outdoors and enjoy the mountain view. So that's kind of that room selling point. Um, and then of course, little details that you can always add to the spaces. And this is something that you want to keep track of because you never know people make mistakes when it comes to things like that is, you know, having chargers or charging docks. So in that room, for example, that one, because this is 
it's less likely to be accidentally taken is it has the ones that you just place your phone on top of and it oh, automatically okay. charges. Or even, the, you know, the lamp ones, you you find those the, the lamps with the USB. Yeah. Yeah, those are super functional. I, I, I always, that's one of the things I love about hotels. That I always like try to take note from. It's like, you know exactly where you're going to go. Like it's right going to be by the, by the side table embedded in the table or something or embedded into the lamp. Yes. Uh, and those are the things that really set it apart. Like, for example, um, I just even kind of thought of this, like I stayed for Verma the past week, I stayed at a hotel. And the first thing I did in that hotel, cause I know that the master room, even though I didn't get the master and if Will's listening to this, sorry, I stole these <laughs> from your room. Um, but basically <laughs> in the master they provide in the hotels a robe and slippers. So yeah. you better believe I moseyed myself over there and <laughs> took his robe and slippers um, and brought it to Natalie and I's room so I would have that luxury um, for myself. Is that our is that Mr. Will Slickers? Yep. Yeah, that's our guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Shout out to Will. Um, that's a that's a good overview. Do you believe that every room can be like it doesn't? Do, does it really need to flow aesthetically or can it be completely like, oh, I have a NASCAR room and I have like a jungle room and then I have like a very modern room. Like, what are your thoughts of like flowing or does that not matter if you're providing this special moment in each room? What are your I thoughts? Think, I think if that's the way that you're marketing your property, then yeah, a hundred percent, you can make the rooms as unique as you want. Um for my spaces, I do design them. So like, I don't usually go too, too crazy over the top on some themes, but if it is a themed property, a hundred percent, you can do that. Yeah. Um, for me, I still like to cater to business professionals in some sort. Um, mm. So with that, I ensure that they have unique touches in each space. Um, but when I design things, I kind of look, make it like when I'm thinking about it, I always go, okay, what would be cool if this was like a hotel suite what yeah. would i want in that and that's kind of where i kind of bring everything back and compare it to is if i was staying in a luxury property where what would i like to see and what would be a wow factor for me yeah yeah that's that's really i love that i love that i love this industry i mean there's so many layers of it there's like there's the management which we didn't get into which i will have to get into uh <laughs> next time uh you come in but i i um there's the design i mean you've tapped you're tackling on so many things do you i'm so curious do you do you have it all under like one entity or do you like have like multiple like oh this so is my design company and this is my management company and this is their actual manage uh, yeah one main entity one main entity with umbrellas underneath yeah umbrellas cool yeah no i was just thinking that there's um i'm a big uh roland roland fraser guy i don't know if you know who roland fraser is he's no. actually you're in the zone to, oh design marketing well depends all um i'll you, have um, to look him up he's basically he, he he's a uh uh not a retired attorney recovering attorney who just buys a bunch of businesses and stuff and he talks about how like you can really create assets and verticals and uh, intellectual property where you can um uh where you can literally um go ahead and if you ever want to sell vertically like sell your business or vertically like so you can have like oh yeah this is a cleaning this is the management company and like 
these are the contracts that it's tied to and you can sell that or this is my design company and then this is my consulting company right like yeah. and it's just really neat because a person like you which who's so well versed in, in in those dominated niches i think and um it really really helps and i think i uh, know yeah that is amazing and that is one of the other things that i like to mention like in this business there is not just one single revenue st stream that you can create um there are multiple uh for example for me alone like i do have my design side of the business i have my own short-term rentals i have the property management side mm -hmm. uh, of course there is consulting in my coaching side so there's multiple wow. um, right there and but get unique with it you don't always it doesn't just have to be like that like even there's regulation consultants mm -hmm. um or anything or more marketing for um short-term rentals that there's some people doing there just on their social media yeah. um so there's so many different opportunities this business allows you to be creative and really just run with it as much as possible there's no wrong answer yeah. um i feel like every day i'm always learning something new and i still continue to learn so much from you know people like you in the industry um and other people that are you know really being trailblazers in their space oh uh, well the the feeling is mutual and again guys i would encourage you i'm kind of like double dipping here but y'all gotta check out your girl in the <laughs> hospital host book and but um, honestly like that's one of the many things that you're doing which i really want to salute you for and commit and and honestly give, give you my respect and uh, i'm just so happy and humbled to be involved in some of these projects with you and be in the same um peer of 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 leaders in the industry right are, are, are doing their thing and i'm super supportive we're super happy that you stopped by in the lab there's so many more questions honestly that i could have asked you but you're, we're already over time and i'm super over my time here so we're gonna have to make it a part two we'll chase you down again because it yeah. was extremely worth it um but i want to make sure i give you a chance to tell experiment nation like where we can tap in with you and you know, what you have to offer. I know there's a lot that you offer from a service perspective as a business owner. We just talked about it. So where can we just find out with you, find, uh, connect with you to find out the multiple ways you can help us? Yeah, definitely. So give me a follow or shoot me a DM on Instagram at Tatiana TT. Um, and with that, what I offer and what I have going on is, of course, interior design services. We also offer e-design. So it, you do not need to be in the vicinity of me. Um, Love that. We can Love do that. everything online. Um, additionally, I do offer coaching under thanks for booking. Um, and that is either through a course or some one-on-one -on -one consulting. But the one thing I am most excited to share about is the level up your listing summit, which is a 300 and it'll be for 350 women, um, a short-term rental summit in Scottsdale, Arizona on February 27th, 28th and March 1st that Natalie and I will be hosting. We have some amazing speakers attending the summit, um, like Julie George, who is just behind you <laughs> on that book. Shout there. out to Julie. Always, always, always. Yes. So please, um, if you're interested, definitely reach out. Or if you have any questions, let me know. But yeah. one thing I do want to mention um, before you let me go here, because I know we were talking about designer discounts earlier, is of course, 
feel free to reach out to me um, if there are any products that you are looking for designer discounts on. However, um, if you want to do it yourself, there is an amazing company called Minoan, um, and they offer designer discounts to the public on things like Article, CB2, public goods, you name it. And they're definitely worth checking out. I love it. And we will definitely make sure that we give you a follow. If you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel. We'll include yes. it in the show notes. You know that. We got your back. Uh, Tatiana, I cannot thank you enough for coming into the lab. And just like that, we are out. <laughs>